Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with Brian Tyree. He is the author of Ghost Trails, available on Amazon.com. Brian, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? I, I'm, I've been better. I've been better. So yeah, before we hopped on, we were talking about how this is really affecting people, all the injustice that we're seeing. I think that I personally am feeling a little bit depressed. Um, you know, depressed, I go back, I vacillate between depressed and really angry. Um, and I think that, you know, depression typically stemmed from this feeling of hopelessness. It's like, you don't have control, you don't have any power. And it, I think with all this injustice that we're seeing between, you know, the election that there was clearly so much fraud and they wouldn't even look at the cases. And now, now that uh, it's been certified and we have Biden in office, all these states are all of a sudden saying, oh yeah, we'll look at the evidence now. Or, oh yeah, those election laws were illegal, unconstitutional. Uh, the timing couldn't be more convenient. It does make you feel like the whole system's rigged. And now what we're seeing with GameStop and it, it's always rigged against the little guy. And I, I, I just, I can't, I'm so overwhelmed with all of it. How are yeah, you? It can, be, it can be depressing and, and powerless and I'm give you a feeling of uh, hopelessness and powerlessness. And so I've definitely, you know, turned to, turn to my faith in, in it and, and, you know, basically lifted, lifted it up to God. And, uh, but yeah, it is, there are a lot of, a lot of people are saying that, but that's being attacked as well. I mean, we're seeing a tremendous attack on religious and faith and religious institutions. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the, the election fraud though, I do agree. And I do believe that there was massive fraud in the, in the swing states, where I, like, I don't think it was massive across the country, but those patterns that they that they outline that seem to happen in these major swing states, of these votes, yeah, these these votes coming in the middle of the night that either were like I think in Philadelphia and one precinct were one hundred percent for Biden, like one hundred thousand votes that are one hundred percent for Biden, and you know you can there's there's a huge list. It's almost like an overwhelming list, which makes it hard to focus on one thing. So, yeah. for example, Nevada, Georgia, and I think they all had like thousands of voters that were registered in other states that voted in those states. Right. And, and even more. And I have a theory, though, why, why uh, it wasn't looked into, especially in red states. Well, in blue states, my theory is that the blue, you know, the, the governors, the judges and the secretaries of state who, who investigate it, they just shrugged it off in the blue states. And in the red states, the reason it got shrugged off is I think it's such a scandal that they don't want that on their record, right? They would rather shrug it off and just certify than be the one that was in charge of the state or this massive that is, that's unprecedented, unprecedented in our country. Right. I think that's, and it's kind of like, it's the same thinking that uh, Barr had and other people. And I think Republicans in general, 
they're more concerned, concerned about our image and like why Hillary wasn't prosecuted for her prima facie crimes that, that are, that are you, know, you can read from WikiLeaks and all of our emails that are definitely there. Right. It's the Republicans have this philosophy that uh, it, it's going to make the country look bad. Well, right. and Democrats, they don't care how bad we look. They're going to make I, I up mean, they for literally are just They're like, going to make up for to go after Trump. That's something that's disheartening to me in all of this is the lack of backbone from Republican leaders who are more afraid of uh, the optics and how it's perceived toward our country than pursuing justice. And with the, and I think, I mean, I, I'm concerned about the whole bar investigation too. Well, I mean the Durham, the Durham investigation right. and the, the one, the one uh, news that came out today was the pro, uh, probation for Klein's, Kleinsman, who was an FBI liar, lawyer who altered a document in order to get the FISA warrant to spy on Trump and our page two that could have put Carter Page behind bars. It could have for, for years and years. And they, they let him off with probation and 400 hours of community service. It's insane. It's he altered a document. Of all people, he's an FBI lawyer. He knows that's a crime. And he pled guilty. He pled guilty and they still let him off with probation. And part of the reasoning was that, oh, he's already, he's already suffered from losing his job and from the media exposure and meanwhile, they don't, they don't care at all about the negative media exposure towards Trump and towards Carter Page and the other people that they victimized through the scandal. It, it makes me, it makes my blood boil, literally. I, and then they go and arrest uh, Brandon Straka. He did absolutely nothing wrong. There are there no grounds. And they literally just, it, it, it's like Nazi Germany. I thought that story was a hoax until I saw it. In other I wish stories. it was a hoax. No, it's real. Have they, they released them? That's they, that's the yeah. meme, the guy that created the memes, right? That or shared. No, memes. no, that's another one, and that, oh, okay. that that's a, what's the story of that as well. Um, no, Brandon Straka. Do you know who he is of the uh, Walk Away Movement? Familiar. Um, oh yeah, 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 the Walk Away guy. Yeah. He created the Walk Away Movement. Um, and so they're they're claiming that you know he he's a domestic uh, violent extremist or domestic <laughs> terrorist or I, I I can't keep up with the terms to be really honest. Um, but they they because of uh, you know him being at the the Capitol on the sixth. But he did not incite violence. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He was exercising his First Amendment right, and they they've arrested him. And they're, they're doing it to make a statement because they want to go after a anybody who exercises their, you know, their constitutional rights. And, and it's an abs absolute assault on our constitution. Yeah. And I think that's what's fueling, fueling a lot of people's depression on the right, depression and despair. And, and, and it's not just people on the right. It's anybody who's a true patriot and who understands the principles that upon which this country no, I mean, is founded. I I think that's one of the reasons why many on the right are feeling that sense of hopelessness. But what I wanted to say is that uh, when those kind of things happen, I think we just need to pay attention to how it plays out. Because hopefully, if you know they, he can, he can get in, they can get indicted, they can get arrested or whatever. But if the justice system works, it will get it will get vetted, and it will. I mean, let's see how it plays out. Because I, my point is, I think a lot of people on the right that are feeling this despair and hopelessness are projecting things 
into the future. And that is the definition of anxiety, right? Or uh, depression of uh, project, projecting things in the future that may, that may not happen, worries in the future. Right. So, so, I mean, part of me wants to say, let's see how it plays out. So before. normally I would agree with you, but I actually think that's really the problem. I think the problem is people on the right have so much faith in our constitutional process. We have faith in our courts as you know, we should, but it's been proven that that process is not working. That process has been corrupted. That's why we're feeling so, or I'll speak for myself. It's part of why I'm feeling so much anger and so much despair is because we've seen that it is corrupt. We're seeing that it's not working the way that it was designed to work. And so I don't actually think that we should just sit back at this point and wait and see. I think we should pressure you know, our legislators, pressure you know, the lawmakers, you know, pressure our representatives in Congress who are not serving us and tell them that you know, we, we want justice. We demand justice. It should be consent of government. This is not consent of government. Where is the consent? Right, and I think that's the, the powerlessness that people feel mm -hmm. uh, because, I mean, we're always pressuring our leaders, right? That's always happening. I, I don't know that and, we always are. I think that we should be holding them much more accountable than we actually are. Yeah. Right. That's my but I, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think with social media, that gives us a new outlet to, speaking for myself, I do, I have always been since social media, mm -hmm. pressuring my leaders, emailing them, uh, you know, that type of thing, calling their offices. Yes. Especially, and, you know, especially like the liberal ones here in California, like Schiff and those people. So I guess my point is like, because, because these things are, this corruption is at such a high level, there is a sense of powerlessness and there is, well, so this is where I think like theology comes in for me, theology comes into it because there are things that we can't control. We can pressure people uh, just like the election, the election, you know, being stolen from us. We can't, we can't go back in time and control that. Yes, we can change it moving forward, and I think the people that we need to pressure are the state legislators who can who can make those changes. But in terms of of moving forward, and I, the other part of my point is I think there's a hysteria that because these individuals are targeted, and the guy that shared the memes, and I guess Brandon, mm -hmm. uh, because they're arrested. What I'm saying is let the let the justice system play out. It's up to those people that arrested him to prove they have the burden of proof, right? So, okay, yeah, it's corrupt that they got arrested and it's corrupt that, that uh, Roger Stone got arrested by you know, a, a military squad, basically a platoon, an armed platoon, right? Yeah. But when the justice system played out, I mean, he got, he got pardoned, but they didn't have anything on him, right? So that's what I'm saying. Let the, for, for these lower, like smaller ones where they got arrested for, for uh, exercising free speech, Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Let the justice system play out. Yeah, it's wrong that they got arrested, but I don't believe they are going to be indicted for it. So that's what I, that's what I, I mean. I really let's, hope let's, you're right, but you. you that's do what mean. I mean by let's wait. We can't do anything. I, I don't think we can do anything. Wait, anyway. I think what are we going to do in their case? What are we going to do to protect this guy with the means? Nothing. We can't do anything. I, I think there's a lot we can do, actually. Oh, tell me what can we do? Wagons. I, I think that people need to speak out. The cases, what can we do? It's out of our hands. And that's where I'm talking about like theology that 
I believe well, God is still in control. I mean, I, I think people can speak out. I think people can exercise their, you know, the freedom of speech that we still have today um, and speak about the injustice of it. Um, I, I yeah. think that we can make examples of where, you know, the true domestic uh, terrorists and violence has occurred. Um, you know, I mean, nobody was making any kind of fuss when Antifa and BLM were literally burning down buildings over the summer, literally killing people. You know, that was just mostly peaceful. But somebody, yeah, yeah. you know, the, what happened on the 6th was actually mostly peaceful. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and and three. And they were uh, escorted in. They were escorted in by police. Oh, oh I know. It was a police tour. Police didn't escort it, the it, rioters it and looters and arsonists. Police didn't escort the rioters, looters, and arsonists last year. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Why were police escorting people into the Capitol? What kind of right. invasion is that? Why? Why are more people talking about that? It really was a scenic tour. They were moving the velvet ropes aside. Oh, yeah. They stayed within the ropes. Yeah, they stayed yeah. within the velvet ropes. Exactly. And, you know, they're not talking about the fact that three of those deaths were uh, health related. You know, I think there were two heart attacks. Or, yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever like ran last week. Did you see his interview with Stephanopoulos where he called oh. out? Oh, it's awesome. You have to watch it. Okay. He, he smacked down Stephanopoulos calling him out uh, that there was voter fraud. And then recently he had, he had an article where he said that uh, Kamala Harris, Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, and someone else, some other senator, should also be impeached for inciting riots if you're going to impeach Trump. And Trump didn't incite a riot either. You can look at the, as you know, I'm sure, you look at his transcript. I was there. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What was your experience? I, I was there. There was no that? violence being incited by Trump. How I close mean, were you to the Capitol? I, I never, you know, I didn't get to the Capitol till much later because of what happened. So okay. I was at Where the ellipse. So I was at the ellipse. And it, it, so what you, it, if you're not aware, what happened at the Capitol happened while Trump was still speaking at the ellipse. Yeah, and it was planned before you spoke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, there was no violence being incited. You know, he actually said people should go and peacefully exercise their First Amendment rights and let their voices be heard. You know, that that's what he told us. He did not say go and storm and riot. And, you know, there was, there was no inciting of violence at all. Uh, if anything, the mood was actually quite somber. It was a very cold, gloomy day. Uh, and it was not what was, you know, forecasted. The weather forecast was much higher, was said that it was gonna be sunny. You know, yes, it was DC. So, I mean, it wasn't like sunny California, warm, you know, but, it was much, much colder than predicted. And it was a very, you know, cloudy, windy day. Um, people had been, you know, I myself had been up since 5 a.m. To, to get there and to be able to see him. Uh, I did make it up to the front, you know, uh, seating area. Uh, but that's because oh, I had Lord, gotten up so him. early. Um, and How far it, were you from him? Pardon? I'm sorry? How far were you from him? What him? I, I think How it was maybe at, at seven rows. Seven rows. Um, you know, oh, I was actually inside. How far is the, Pardon? What's the distance from the, what is the distance from, uh, from the ellipse to the Capitol? Where, what uh, it, it's, I, I think it's a little over a mile. Um, oh, okay. But at the ellipse, there was 
I, you know, my guesstimation is somewhere over a million, like a million and a half people. Wow. Yeah. I, I know that even Trump, you know, underestimated and he said, oh, there's a few hundred thousand. It was, you, you have to understand that, you know, when you go to a concert and you're going in, around the, uh, you know, the, the gated. The turnstiles. And all yeah, that. exactly. Uh, before you go into security, that that's, wow. that's what this was like. And it was hours of people just standing. Wow. And it was just, I mean, piled so far back. So when we were leaving, think about this. It takes a long time to weed through that many people and for a mass group like that to walk a mile. It's not, it's not like a mile sprint, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so there was that. But so by the time you know, he was still speaking and the mood was quite somber. I mean, he had just gone through I don't know if you saw it, but like the litany. Okay, yeah. I mean, so he went through. He's running down the and, Yes, exactly. Amazing, he yeah. really went through the numbers um, and just, you know, one state and one county after the next. And, you know, most of us who are patriots had heard all of this. And it, you know, it was really, I, I think, frustrating and infuriating just to hear this over and over, just the injustice of all of these statistics and it was also freezing cold and we've been standing there for hours I'm, I'm not kidding hours so you know this was not a let's go storm the capital kind of a mood I, I'm sorry it just wasn't <laughs> and it didn't look that way on tv either and and like, you know it was interesting because he he started the speech three times because yeah I because the microphone didn't start like I don't know what happened. I mean, I have my theories, but like, you know, and maybe it was just a glitch, but three times and I could see his whole energy drop that, you know, when he finally could speak and, you know, the, the microphone was actually on. Um, so it was, you know, I'm just setting the scene for you. This was not a high energy, you know, let's incite violence kind of a speech. It was, oh, yeah. here is the injustice of what has occurred. Here are the facts. You know, I, I want everybody to be made aware, you know, and then, yes, go over and make your voices heard. You know, we have the right to peaceably assemble and, you know, go over to the Capitol and let them know to do the right thing by the American people. Um, so, yes, it, they had, you know, stormed the Capitol uh, before he had finished even speaking. <laughs> um, and I, by the, I had, you know, I was going to go back to the hotel first and then head over. But, you know, by the time I was even like, I, like not even back to the hotel, just like walking back, it, it had already all gone down at the Capitol. So I didn't, I made it over there around like four just to go and see the aftermath. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, at that time it was, you know, pretty, I was just looking from, you know, the distance at seeing what was, what was there, but, but yeah, I, I think that that just the timing of all of that speaks volume because if, if this were really planned by Trump supporters, then the timing could not be worse. There is no way anybody who, because it impeded the whole constitutional process. And Trump was still speaking. You were really a Trump support. You were listening to Trump. You, you weren't marching on over to the Capitol. Yeah, you know, it exactly. just, the timing of it makes absolutely no sense. This was clearly staged. 
And that, that too is really infuriating, the injustice of that. And then to have it pinned on Trump supporters when it was clearly staged by people who were not uh, supporting the constitutional process. Right. Yeah. So that was my, my experience. <laughs> what, yeah. what was it like watching the speech? How did you, what was your perception of everything? My perception was that uh, that I, I did sense energy there and like the support of, of Trump during his speech. Sure. And I did, I mean, his speech was really clear minded. And, and when he laid out all the different mm -hmm. of fraud and that kind of thing, it was good to hear the list from him. Yeah. Because one of his specialties is marketing and messaging. And so to hear him lay out all the different instances, one after the other, yeah. I mean, if you have that clip, you should, when you edit this, you should throw that in there. I would like to see the edit clip. I've never seen the edit clip anywhere, but to go back and watch that. But, but the yeah. edited and clip? Which I mean, just an edited clip of, oh. uh, of him laying out all those, okay. all the instances. Yeah. I haven't seen that anywhere. I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube. But, uh, but anyway, I enjoyed, I enjoyed his speech and uh, continued watching it and then watch people move over there and I think I might have turned, you know, tuned off or turned away, and uh, and then when I came back with on, it's like, oh wow, like riot breaking news, riot, and that's what I mean. Like on TV, the they were making it sound like it was riot and fires burning and just like completely horrible, and then the images behind it are people waving. It's in front of the Capitol, people waving flags and Trump flags and people look happy. Yeah. You know, nothing's, nothing's, nothing is, there's no burning. There's and no, he, no, and family, there were children there. I mean, I, I don't think I would have brought, if I had kids, children to that kind of an event, but they, there were, and there were, you know, uh, elderly people, disabled people. I mean, it was just, it was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to trivialize it, but in a sense, it was like a concert, you know, it was like a festival. It was patriots yeah. showing their patriotism, um, and, and and to add to it, the music was actually incredible. Um, yeah, whoever did that soundtrack, well, it was very intentional, but it was. And wonderful. here's another aspect. Here, here's another aspect of the general injustice we're talking about is where's the forensic analysis of it? You think with such a horrible storming, we would already have a, a forensic forensic analysis of exactly what happened. You know, with the, so there has to be surveillance cameras of the first people that broke in. You know, there's, where is that investigative journalism from the left even who, who are claiming this is a riot? And that's, that's, that's a problem that I think has existed. It's a pattern of the injustice that goes back to the bad polling of 2016. Nobody ever did anything about how, how poorly, how bad the national polls were in 2016, right? People, everybody got it wrong. And then nothing changed. And I kept waiting for some investigative journalist to do an analysis of why it was so bad and nothing changed. It happened again in 20, in 2020. And I'm afraid this election fraud without the forensic analysis and investigation, nothing is gonna change, you know, in the next, in two years and in four years until they do this. And so my hope is that through the, through this now impeachment process in the Senate, now Trump and his lawyers have the opportunity to defend themselves. Yes. And so I hope they do. I hope this truth gets revealed. Yes. Uh, some forensics analysis that proves, like you were saying, that the people broke in while Trump was speaking 
and then it was organized before it and then it gets on the record with everybody watching these hearings right because otherwise the FBI did the say that they, the they left know isn't this going was... to do it yeah the left isn't going to do an analysis and the FBI never reveals what I... investigations are and well, it's the same thing with all, with the with the voter fraud and and all that where you know where where is the like it's happening like you said in, in Virginia and Arizona and I don't know what the scope is but I think in in Arizona I just read before our podcast that uh what they're doing is they're just they're they're auditing the machines yeah and so I want to know where the audit is of the ballots and the envelopes and the audit of the voter rolls to make sure everybody was registered and all of it in Arizona everything should be audited Without doubt, that's something that's that is, I think, willfully absent by the left, the and the and the mainstream media, the lack of uh, a care to investigate any of this because it's all for their political party. Yep, I, I so agree. I just want to add though that the FBI did say that they have evidence that uh, this capital raid was planned. They they knew about it long before. So of again, though, and that's what I'm saying. It yeah. begs the that, question, that why didn't they do anything about it? Right. They had a warning. Why didn't they do anything? Remember the remember this when the Sarnow brothers got, got caught, just that whole the whole event when it happened in real time. We like we got when they were being tracked down and we saw the real-time video of the, the infrared images from the helicopter, you know, when they found them in the boat and all of that. <clears throat> so that kind of thing is that like investigative is happening in real time. And so we see the evidence as it's happening. We, and then, and then the documentaries and, and the reports after how they caught them with the surveillance cameras on the street and shops and how they check all that. Why haven't we seen any of that type of thing from Congress? And uh, we haven't seen any of that type of stuff. And it has to be there. I'm sure Congress has cameras all over the place. Right? You would think, right? All the cell phones there, and you know, that type of thing. It reminds me of, you know, the, the Las Vegas shooter. That how that got swept under the rug, how there's never been a forensic analysis of that. I'm really suspicious, and I, I have my theories about that too. Yeah. And I saw one Twitter post where he was at a Bernie event or something like that. I don't know if it's legit, mm -hmm. but I remember seeing that. And it's really suspicious that we don't know more about his motives and that either. Yeah, and I, I think this is where uh, it, it's becoming so incredibly, you know, maddening because I, I think we've always kind of, we've seen little instances of this where things are not being fully revealed, things are not getting, justice isn't being served. But now the scale, the magnitude is so, astronomical that you know and they're not even trying to hide it i mean like with what just happened with, with GameStop. i mean it's right in front of our faces that they're literally rigging the system right in front of our eyes and they're like haha you know you can't do anything about it and, and i think that is just what is so unconscionable and so it, it's just so infuriating to me yeah when you called earlier i was watching Char uh, charles Payne like lay in this, it was awesome laying into Sandra Smith about that because she was kind of defending Wall Street. And, and he's, he's somebody that I've been watching that has been, has been tracking it pretty well okay. and has a good grasp on it. So uh, yeah, I have to go back and, wa and, and watch, look for that on YouTube now because I missed part of his when he went off. I'm sure it'll go viral because he really went off. 
Uh, I'll have to look for that. Send it to me, definitely. I will, yeah. But I don't know how this can be defended. I think that's the problem is that, you know, it's just like the fraud. I, I've heard so many people say, oh yeah, you know, that there's always fraud, that's fine. Really? How is that fine? Why aren't people more, you know, incensed by that? Yeah, did you see any of Cuomo's press conference today? No. When they were asking him, because apparently they're, they said that there's like new numbers out about the, the uh, nursing home deaths and that kind of thing. And so there was a press conference and he got on and just like lied through his teeth, blame the, blame the feds. And that's how they get away with it. There weren't any follow-up questions. There weren't any questions about, uh, you know, Trump sent over the, the hospital ship there and they, he helped build up the ready, the Javits center. Yeah. And all those thousands of beds were empty at the time that yep. Cuomo was sending the nursing patient, you know, COVID patients, forcing them to nursing, nursing homes, right? Why didn't he send them to the ship? Why didn't he send them to the Javits center? It's all politics. He didn't want to, you know, make Trump look good. So he kept those empty. The Javits Center was virtually empty. That hospital ship, I think it was Mercy, that went to New York was empty. Right. And that's why. And now he's so of how they get away with it because, because they lie through their teeth about it and they can get away with it. And the media is on their side. And that is, that's, I think, at the heart of all of this yep. corruption. And big tech. Big tech is yep. on their side, too. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge, huge problem. And, and we see with uh, California, I, I mean, Newsom now opening things up, you know, very convenient. Uh, the restaurant board is suing him. Oh, yeah. Well, now the ICU beds are more available. There's a huge uptick in availability of ICU beds, which is not true, by the way. There's actually less availability. If anybody cared to actually look at the numbers, that has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that he's being sued and that there has been a change of power. Well, and also the recount, the recount, the, the petitions are reaching. There's that as well. <laughs> yeah. He's I very close to being I, I really hope something happens with that because the, I, there, there's no reason for him to be in office. He's killed yeah. job, so many jobs. He's killed businesses. There's more homelessness. The, the crime rates have gone up. He's, he's done nothing to serve. Yeah, of course, which is expected. He's related to Pelosi. Right. Pelosi and Garcetti, it's a scenario oligarchy. And today I read that in LA, the restaurants, outdoor dining is opening up. But then I read something that these outdoor dining establishments can't have TVs. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, what is the purpose of that? They don't want people watching sports events or what? I, yeah, right. I don't know what the logic behind that is. Um, but it, it's, yeah, but I, what about all the sports bars? Like the whole point yeah. of the sports bar is you go and you watch the, the game, right? And what sports are happening now? There's the Super Bowl in a week. I know. Everything else, you know, nothing else has a real big draw for sports bars right now. No. No, it's definitely killed that. But yeah, that's going to be interesting to see with the Super Bowl what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what those, yeah, there's a huge sports bar by me that I go to, and mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. No TVs, all the TVs are going to be off, and they're, they're going to expect customers to come there anyway. Yeah, there, there's no point. 
I, I don't, I'd, I'd love to hear what the logic behind that is, that it just seems totally ludicrous. I'm sure there's a motive. I'm sure there is, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, and maybe sports bars, and maybe they're, they're concerned that pe more people are going to congregate if you have TVs on and they're not going to socially distance. But even at these sports bars, they are socially distanced because I went to them, you know, before everything was locked down. There still are social distance guidelines in there, in the restaurants. Well, so I, I don't I, get it. I mean, even all of that is just truly absurd. You, you know, now they're saying you need to wear double masks because one mask yeah. is good enough. So now you should wear double, triple. I, I decided I'm going to start the high horse mask company, you know, and it'll be like Lego masks. So when you want, you know, extra moral superiority, you add another, you snap another mask on. And then when you develop hypoxia and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. You can unsnap so that you you know you can get some air and not die. Yeah, none of it is backed by science. The restaurants opening. Well, and that was the ruling. So that that's why he's being sued because the judge ruled that there was absolutely no scientific merit for the closing closing of the restaurants. Yeah, in LA, like three, political. only three percent of uh, the COVID spread comes from restaurants. Most of it comes from people's homes. And right. Schools. So let's lock people school. down more so they spend more time in their homes. Exactly. And the same with schools. There's no, there's virtually no spread in schools. Children don't catch it. They, they rarely transmit it or it's really uh, low. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, it makes me heart sick. I, it really does. There's, and they, they're the ones who keep saying, follow the science. I, so I posted a joke about my whole, uh, you know, high horse mask company. Uh, <laughs> and I, someone, you know, got very, very upset and, you know, told me that I was discouraging people from wearing masks and, you know, this was really amoral and I wasn't following science. So, of course, you know, I posted direct evidence from the WHO saying you don't need a mask, that masks are ineffective and, you know, right off the WHO. And mm -hmm. it, uh, what, of course, what did they do? They, you know, attacked my character because, you know, told me I'm immoral and I'm, I'm causing deaths. I just posted oh, and I'm not I'm anti-science I literally just posted the science I posted several scientific studies but somehow yeah. I'm anti-science yeah I remember when the WHO and Fauci were telling us that that masks don't work yeah exactly. uh, in the beginning yeah and I remember when it first came out like I I did my own research like I googled the coronavirus wow, you, you did your own research <laughs> I know, like, I researched masks and what the, the size of particles they block and the size of the coronavirus particles. So an N95 mask will block particles much smaller than the, coron than the coronavirus, right? And it blocks them to 95%. So even larger you know, particles like the coronavirus will get blocked at a higher rate. And surgeons' masks are only about 50%, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the cloth masks, the scale go down from there. Nice. But... No, you know, nobody, nobody wants to follow that science. Like you said, they don't, they don't listen to the real science. But what I wonder is like beneath all of that, like how, why people's minds are wired so differently that uh, one person will see the science and another person will see it in a completely different way. It's, it's really bizarre. Like the left and the right mind are wired so differently. So differently. That they, they see things like so differently. And I, I think that the left is actually wrong on science on almost all things, including climate change, this, abortion, gender. 
they're the ones not following science and we're called the science deniers. I, I know, I know. I think because they, they really are uh, indoctrinated. You know, they're, they're so tuned into the mainstream media, which are really just, you know, adjunct propagandists. It's not even media, it's not. But I think, I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's something in the mind that their, the, their minds are, are just different because many of these people don't, you know, they're not, they don't follow the news that much on both sides. They don't, they just, they have their beliefs in their mind mm-hmm. and, and some of the, you know, the beliefs are, are proven true on either side or they have intuition or suspicions or whatever. But, I'm, but a lot of the people on the left, they don't, if they did follow the news, if they did follow the science, they mm-hmm. would come to the same realizations that we do. Sure. But it's just, it's just something about human, human minds are just, they're wired like polarly. It's just intriguing to me how they can be so different mm-hmm. and look at a topic so differently or not see them with the same kind of clarity. Right. It's weird. And I, I don't think it's an indoctrination. I just think it's, it's more of that knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. that I think the left has because they, they don't look at the, they don't look at the data. Right. right. Uh, and they just go with what, what I think it's maybe the, the feelings, the emotions over, the analytics or something like that yeah. and there are- I, mean, I don't know what the reason is but it's intriguing to me how people's minds are what they see things so fundamentally differently and that type of thing fascinating and there are studies you know jonathan Haidt has done a lot of work on this jordan peterson has done some work on it um and there are uh, personality differences between the left and the right um and one of the big ones is uh the uh you know compassion uh, it's the agreeableness. So people who are on the left tend to score very high on agreeableness. Of course, you know, agreeableness uh, bifurcates, it bifurcates into pol- uh, politeness and uh, compassion. And people on the left tend to score very high on compassion. Now, a lot of people tend to think of compassion as like this nice, warm, fuzzy type of, um, you know, a trait, a personality trait. However, the analogy I tend to like to use is like a mama bear. So some, you know, women tend to score, you know, statistically speaking, you know, there's always exceptions for every role, um, but women tend to score higher on compassion, uh, mostly because they're tending to the infants, right? And so you need to be very tuned into their needs, their wants, and, you know, what what's going on with them. However, think about how a mama bear reacts when her child, her infant is being threatened or in danger of some sort. They're not so nice, are they? Right, they're, they're very, they, they get ferocious. You know, they're, they're protecting their child. Um, and that you see across the animal kingdom, that's not unique to women uh, or to humans, you know? Um, but there, I, I see the parallels with like the social justice warriors, right? They're very protective and compassionate towards that group, that quote unquote victim group. And I put victim in quotes because most of these people are not victims. You know, you know, we're individuals and you can't label a whole group as being a victim group, I don't believe. Um, but yeah. they get very uh, passionate and they're, they're not nice. They're, you know, they're, they're ferocious in their protection of these so-called victim groups. And that's where the compassion score is uh, very high, typically on the left. The politeness, and this is where I think that tends to be much higher for people on the right. 
Um, and, and this is where I think we see the frustration of people on the right seeding constantly, you know, wanting to be liked. And so they kowtow um, and they don't fight back the same way. And a lot of that stems from they want to be polite. They don't want to ruffle feathers. Um, so there are personality traits that, you know, tend to lend themselves. They, they go through all of it, like the openness uh, traits. But I think the compassion is the one that we see. The other one is conscientiousness. So uh, people on the right tend to score much higher on uh, conscientiousness. So, But it's, it's kind of intriguing that they would score that high on compassion where I've seen studies that when it comes to actual charity, the right gives more. If you look at all the, the politicians on the right, the top politicians, the most, in the study that I saw, the most generous politician, mm -hmm. and I, this was before Trump, the study, Dick Cheney gave more to, to charity than any other politician. Yeah. And one of the lowest on that scale was well, I would actually say that uh, Trump did because he gave up his salary, but <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I said. The study that I saw was before Trump. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and, and in this study, he was a multimillionaire and one year he gave like 180, 85 bucks to charity total. Yeah. And that's the thing too, like the, the splitting of the mind or uh, how minds are wired differently and compassion, like the left will see compassion for illegal, you know, illegal aliens, and the right sees compassion for American citizens that the illegal aliens are infringing on, mm -hmm. and that how as taxpayers, we have to pay for them, like we're the ones footing the bill. Well, I think that's where, um, you know, some of the conscientiousness comes into play. I think the right has a lot of, uh, they place a lot of value on the individual um, and on merit. So there's a lot of respect for those who deserve uh, and they deserve it because they've earned it. So there, there's compassion for what what is true justice, um, and you know fairness in that sense, not fairness in the this contrived sense of uh, you know equity, which that just made me. Uh, it, so oh, Biden yeah. said that <laughs> I know I can't. I'm enthusiastic. I can't even speak. Um, but Biden said that he's going to make equity the forefront of all policy, and. I don't, the fact that he says that this is what's so astounding to me is that we're seeing the, the brazenness of, you know, these types of uh, actions and uh, statements that I don't know if he thinks people really don't understand that's antithetical to everything for which this nation stands. We stand for equality, equal opportunity, not equity. And I don't know if he really thinks that people just don't know the difference and he's, you know, feels so emboldened to say something like that. But that is absolutely the antithesis of everything <laughs> that this country stands for. It, we are not about equity. I think he's just telling, saying what the hard, you know, what the far left tells him to say. They're just putting, you know, executive orders in front of him. He doesn't know what they are. He's just signing. He's signing and regurgitating. Oh, yeah. And you can hear him say, what am, what am I signing? <laughs> He's now on like number 40, by the way. Oh, so I posted this video. I posted this video of him literally saying they were asking him about taxes. Did you see this? Yeah. And they were I asking him around where he says only a, dic only a, only a dictator. Yeah. That's so he said, that. you know, I have, he, they were asking about the taxes and he said, well, I have to get the votes. And then he said, you know, I have these friends, these, uh, you know, Republican and you know even some uh, Democrat friends who tell me you know we just have to do ex everything by executive order. If you can't get it done, just do an executive order. And 
he said, you know, we live in a democracy. We need consensus. I can't just do executive order. That would be a dictator. Um, says the man who's just done 40 and counting. He, he's done yeah, four executive orders yeah. in a matter of days than Trump did in his whole presidency. But Trump was a dictator. Yeah, explain that to me. I, I, I'm very confused. I don't understand how any of this works anymore. Republicans need to wake up and start playing by their rules. I, I, I think so. I, I very much think so. I think that's, that's accurate. Yeah. Start playing by their rules. Start holding them accountable. Uh, you know, holding our representatives accountable. They, they are not our rulers. They're, there's a reason that it's called legislation. They're laws. They're not rules. Who makes rules? Rulers, dictators, not people who are elected officials. And I, I think that's something that really needs to be addressed. Yeah. Earlier, we, talk, we were talking about uh, Durham and the, uh, I think his name's Klein, uh, Kleinsman, who his sentencing was just announced and he got probation and uh, four, 400 hours of community service for altering a, a document that enabled the FBI to spy on Trump, which is insane. He, he, he should have gotten prison time. And he, he you know, he, he basically tried to, uh, well, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. <laughs> I can't think what I was gonna say now. Yeah, no, you, you can go on though. I mean, I, I, I think it bears repeating. <laughs> I just think it's, I think it's just lame that he, he got probation when he was trying to put Carter Page away, you know, for the rest of his life. Yeah. But it goes back to the, that injustice. Yes. I hope we can edit that part out, sorry. Uh, no, not, I, I, th I think it bears repeating. I, I think that, you know, people aren't, because there's so much uh, information and so much injustice, I think that it's overwhelming. So I don't think people are really digesting, you know, each instance and each account that is happening. And so they're, they're just overwhelmed. It's like a barrage that they're being, you know, stormed with. They're just, they keep getting hit with more and more that I don't think people are realizing, you know, each account of what is actually happening. So, you know, when you ask about the fraud, it's like, it becomes hard for people to list the litany because if there was a way possible that you could possibly conceive or imagine, you know, it was done. It was every single angle. So, you know, when people say there's no evidence, I'm like, that's not the problem. The problem is there's too much. It's like, where do you begin? The, the, the amount of evidence is astounding. And that takes a long time to present in a case. So you can't just whip it up, you know? It takes a long time because there is so much of it. And so, it has to be investigated, you know? Absolutely. There can't, be, there can't be just two weeks to investigate this fraud before, you know, the deadline. It's, right. it's gonna take long, it takes longer than that. Of course it does, of course it does. And so I, I think that is actually part of the problem. So I'm, I'm fine with repeating things for people to really understand it um, and for it to really penetrate, you know, just how, you know, just the iniquitousness of this, of what's happening, yeah. Yeah, and how do they fix it? I think there has to be some standard, like the absentee ballots, yep. how there's no connection at all with the envelope to the signed ballot. So when they go back and they, and they, ch they check the ballots, they're not checking the the in, the envelopes with them because they've already thrown away the envelopes. Right. So they don't they don't have a way to check the address on the envelope. They mm -hmm. don't know who this ballot belongs to. 
So to me, I think that was one of the biggest. Well, you saw the, the voter fraud was committed. That was one of the biggest. Oh, absolutely, it was huge. You, you they got hundreds. Of, yeah, they got so many ballots with no signatures. Mm -hmm. On you know on or you know on on the ballot, and also the envelopes. You know they they don't even look at them. The yep. ballots that came in that only had the president one the president check, nothing else on it. Yep. You saw uh, what happened with uh, Amazon, right? And he's saying he, he doesn't want mail-in ballots because they're not secure. But what happened? I, I thought this, you know, the mail-in ballots were totally fine. You know, we have COVID and it was the most secure election in history. But it's not good enough now. Now well, all of a sudden we, we, we can't have mail-in ballots because they're not secure. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just astounding. You know, it, it's yeah. like Newsom. We have to shut down, uh, you know, restaurants and we have to shut down, lock down everyone, but I'm going to keep my winery open. You know, I'm going to go to French Laundry perfectly fine. I guess, you know, they must be immune. Maybe they have superpowers. <laughs> I, I would like to have some of those personally, but they, they didn't. Well, one, one thing that's curious about the whole Newsom recount uh, thing is, is, you know how like whenever there's a recount, you always see the petitions online. I haven't seen any online petitions for Newsom. I saw one link, somebody sent me a link to it and it was actually to download the hard copy, you know, those list petitions, like you see it at the grocery stores and that kind of thing. Right. It was to download that, it wasn't to fill it out. So it's really weird that, I mean, that there aren't, that there isn't an online petition that you can fill out. And I think it's it's unusual that it's taken this long to get them Very. to the they have until March, and I think they will get there. But I know this is a left and right issue in California. The left is pissed off at him too. Yeah. And oh, they, this is bipartisan. I mean, yeah, and very they, few people are actually happy with Newsom. Yeah, and, I just wonder know, why. Why? And I don't know if this big tech thing, but I don't know why there aren't these online petitions that you can easily sign for it. I haven't seen any. I, I actually haven't either. Um, there have been a couple email like you know send around but i haven't seen like a an open forum website where you can just go that's yeah. something you should look into i i've signed i signed it by hand because i think that's part of the problem i'm like i i want a physical pen paper signature you know um voting to go back to that pardon where did you sign did you write your did you send oh, it in yourself uh, or did you go i, I signed it I signed it at a rally. I, I was at, you know, one of the Stop the Steal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that's where I found it. Um, and every time I go to one of these rallies, there have been, <laughs> you know. Oh, nice. I, I have had people send me, though, I, and I can find that for you, you know, the links that they've sent me online. But I just personally don't trust it. I, I want a physical, tangible, like here, yeah. my pen, paper. You know, they, they, can't, uh, they can't switch the vote. They can't dominion it. <laughs> I put that in quotes, yeah. Dominion it, you know? Um, I don't think they use Dominion for that. I, I'm really just using it figuratively. I, I think it's now a verb, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really not funny, but yeah. <laughs> so I, but I see, but the fact that I'm seeing it at every rally I go to indicates that, you know, people are, I don't know anybody who's happy with Newsom. In fact, I know so many people who are not political at all, never gave politics any thought, you know, oh, I don't care. Um, and, you know, they really didn't want to know anything about it. And Newsom has made them political. 
because he shut down their businesses because you know the whole mask mandate because just of all the restrictions that have been placed on us in the past year and the hypocrisy of it you know i think that's what's really getting to people they're they're starting to wake up and see the injustice and how you know it's rules for thee not for me and that i think you know thomas soul just uh, who i love <laughs> He, I, I've decided I want him to be my honorary granddad. Um, but uh, he, he, he made a, he posted how you know we we should never have uh, we we should never have uh, elected officials who are not accountable to the laws that they make, or rather legislators who are not accountable to the laws that they make. Uh, yeah. You know they don't have to abide by it, and and it seems like they are all just you know above the law, and that's really the problem. You know, that's not our system. That is not how a constitutional republic works. These people are not above the law. But the problem is right now they are, you know, and right now everything that we keep saying is not true, unfortunately right now is true because they're getting away with it. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I don't have the answer for. I don't know how to stop this. Do you have any yeah. thoughts? How, how, do, how do we... How do we stop the injustice? How do we stop these people from getting away with literally murder? I, I mean, it's a literal crimes, crimes against humanity. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I don't think there's gonna be a forensic analysis of, of the voter fraud as there should be. So I think at this point, it's up to the state legislators to change their own elections because they set the rules for their elections, right? Right. It's up to each state, and I hope it's not going to happen in the blue states, but I hope in the red states, I hope they get rid of all absentee, not absentee ballots, but mail-in ballots. They should keep the absentee yep. ones like they had before. Sure. They get rid of all the mail-ins. They should make voter ID mandatory. Yeah. That's, yeah, so I think I that's... I have to show ID to buy kombucha. I, I think that uh, we should have ID to vote. I think that's the way forward. I'm, I really don't have any hope in anything being properly, uh, you know, educated right. about the fraud and the white fraud that happened. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm not optimistic about anything like that happening, but I think it's up for the red states to just, you know, get rid of all that, all that crap that happened in their states, what? like Georgia. Mm -hmm. What yeah. bothers me, you keep saying red states. This should not be a partisan issue. People on Well, they should be concerned because if we don't have free, fair, and transparent elections, we don't have a country. I know, but they don't care. As long as their people win, they'll cheat. They don't care. So I'm not optimistic that any changes will happen in blue states, but it's the red states that, you know, had we won Georgia, a red state, mm -hmm. that would have helped. Uh, Arizona, right. that would have helped Trump. Nevada, I think it might be purple, but that would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's definitely what we need to really enforce. We need to enforce election integrity. Absolutely. And and we need to really be working on it very quickly because uh, 22, 2022 is coming up faster than we're, it's going to be a blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there needs to be a lot of action uh, so that we can, you know, start rectifying some of this, some of these atrocities. Yeah. It makes me think of like how we are on par with a lot of the third world countries now. I never knew this kind of election fraud could happen here. 
Yeah. And uh, in the Philippines, I have a friend whose whose family was uh, in, in politics and running for a you know some position, and they were praying that he won, and they were praying that he won by a huge margin. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why does that matter? I kind of I kind of laughed, like it seemed kind of grieving me. And they told me that <clears throat> they needed to overcome any fraud that might happen, any voter fraud. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that acts that happens there. That's what happened here. Well, yeah. So that's now we're yeah now we're in the same position that if we don't correct the fraud that happened, massive margins. That's what we're going to have to hope and pray for is massive margins. Well, the reality the fraud that we know it's going to happen. The, yeah, absolutely. And the reality is, it's been happening here for so long. It's just that this time, you know, the proportions of mag the magnitude of the fraud was so astronomical. And I think it really was because it was such a tremendous landslide that they had to combat it with, you know, just this well, overwhelming fraud. And, and this time, I think there was a case, some of these swing states used the same formula. They did the same things in fraud as other states. So, for example, shutting down, shutting down the counting in the middle of the night and these mysterious yep. votes come in that, that, that you know, were for Biden in ways that, like for example, in Philadelphia, there's one precinct in Philadelphia mm -hmm. where 100,000 votes came in or over 100,000 came in and 100% of them were for Biden, where we know that Trump got 18% of the black vote. This is a heavy black you know, precinct. Mm -hmm. Some of them, at least one vote would have been for Trump. How does he get 100%? So right. things like That's that. Not statistically, mathematically possible. The water line that broke ended up never breaking in Georgia. Stop down voting for the glitches that have never been, you know, educated or investigated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's truly astounding. I, I feel like we're stuck in like a dystopian tale. I, I personally want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this, so I, I yeah. want out. I want out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you so much for doing this. I, this has been uh, it, really great to, you know, hear your thoughts on all of it. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this was really, really well, awesome. Yeah, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can buy your book. Yeah. Uh, my book, Ghost Trail, is on, is on Amazon. It's a military spy thriller. And I also have a sci-fi uh, novelette on Amazon as well called Reptilian. You can either you know, search Amazon, Brian Tyree, Reptilian, Ghost Trail, you'll find it. Thank yes, you. we'll have to do another one and talk about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, for having me. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.